Pickaxe. Hello, my friend. My name's Sean, and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that. With meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are catfished from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Bendrea. And action! Campaign 2 is right around the corner and you're missing out on behind the scenes info that we have not shared anywhere. Well, anywhere else other than patreon.com slash castparty. In our behind the scenes episodes, we've been frequently talking about campaign two, all the work we've done, little character leaks here and there, and so much more about the story and just our excitement to start a brand new tale with you all. While you're at it, you can also get behind the scenes info on all of the episodes that you're listening to right now. You also get ad-free episodes so you don't have to hear my voice anymore. You get an invite to our community-only Discord filled with 500 members of the cast and crew that are constantly running D&D campaigns, one-shots, mini-adventures, and so much more. Up the tier and you can also get hilarious monthly one-shots, like that time we all got turned into goats, or that time I put my character's face inside of Nigel's entire giant mouth just because we wanted to smooch. Yeah, that actually happened in the last month's episode. I promise you want to listen to it. All that and so much more for less than the price of a single cup of coffee per month. All over at patreon.com slash castparty. Come support your favorite D&D podcast, get all the behind the scenes info, campaign two leaks, and so much more exclusive goodies. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello everyone and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManson. I will be your director for today. I am joined by my hell-raised cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo at heart musician who went to get a haircut when he first got to LA before filming began. He went to a fancy barbershop to get his haircut and was incredibly out of his element. He arrived with longer hair and needed a trim to look somewhat professional while still having that LA flair to match his new life. When the barber asked what he wanted, he panicked and said, uh, Timothy Chalamet? Only to hear, yo, that's me, from the chair behind him. Even more panicked, he turned to him and said, Yeah, I I want you. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy turned, made eye contact, and gave him an incredibly puzzled look. Sebastian's heart sank in his chest, and he turned back around, never saying a single word throughout the rest of his haircut. It's one of the most embarrassing moments of his life. Oh my god. Excellent. Been there. Been there. (laughs) Anna Brisbane. Blueberry Sky, elven druid actress who, towards the end of Through the Realms of Myria, was set to be a guest judge on America's Got Talent. She came to a taping of an early episode of season 14 to see how it operates behind the scenes, meet everyone. But in the process, she saw the incredible audition 
of a young magician who got a standing ovation, who shan't be named for his own privacy. Backstage, he wasn't sleazy like the pickup artist musicians. He was sweet, nerdy, humble. So humble, he didn't even ask her out. So she asked him, which she never does, but he said no because he wouldn't go out with her if she was gonna be a judge on the show because he's a good person. So she dropped the gig and they set a date. I need details. Did date happen? Yeah. And? Tune in next time. Oh my gosh, we got a three-parter. <laughs> <laughs> I am so invested. <laughs> Nigel Deacon. Welcome home, Xander Gucci Supreme, who has a very real and warranted fear of bubble wrap due to an unfortunate hamster-related incident when he was a child. What the fuck? Expand? No. <laughs> <laughs> and Fitz Perino. Jeff Boulder Chambers, Big Billy Heartthrob, who one day was walking out on the roads of LA and he was walking back home and looked down and saw a shiny little uh, horseshoe. Picked it up. He thought, huh, what's this doing here? And brought it home. <laughs> Does he still have it? It's in his room. It's, nice. it's not in his inventory right now. <laughs> <laughs> With that, let's talk about what happened last time. You all rushed into the grove of trees after Keaton and found a demonic creature being blinded by pixies. Xander gave Keaton his seeds back and Keaton continued to throw them at Thagul, causing wild magic to occur. You all convinced Thagul, the demon creature who is now speaking Sylvan, had wings for arms, and then a telepathic frog appeared on his head, that Thagul should come with you to find Sire, but not to tell Keaton your true intentions. Keaton seemed skeptical, but continued to bring you along to the fortress. Along the way, you encountered a pond of water that turned out to be acid, as well as an entire mountain that didn't exist. Eventually, you reached the fortress, and Keaton tried to bring you a different way around the building. Xander, with his newfound foresight, seemed to be able to tell the future, and while reading, Keaton saw him taking you all down to a location filled with infernal machinery. Instead, you all just continued up the stairs and saw Sire across the courtyard from you. Keaton went invisible and tried to sneak into the fortress as the rest of you spoke with Sire. He asked about whether you had considered his offer to become the Seeds of Change in Fendrea, and eventually asked about Xander's relationship with his parents. The conversation between you was blunt and to the point, but even Sire seemed to be enjoying it. Keaton tried invisibly sneaking into the fortress with the bag of seeds, but Xander held him back with Mage Hand before combat ensued. Sire began by shapeshifting into a large demon. He used a plethora of powerful spells, and with each he used, another random spell took its place. All the while there were seeds being thrown at you, and wild magic occurring all around. Thorny walls of vines, elementals made from the earth itself, squirrels and peanuts, and more happened, all while you fought with Sire. Sire was able to transport some of you over to a fountain that he later filled with lava. All the while, the rest of you were keeping each other alive and strong and battering upon Sire in his various forms. A transformed Xander, Sebastian commanding a floating daisy, a flying jet with foresight, a two-headed plesiosaur, and a magic dispelling and counterspelling blueberry, you all worked together to take down Sire. As he fell to your attacks, more and more plants appeared all around you, bursting into flames and dragging you back through the portal and spitting you out in the dorms. Now, each of you sits on the floor, broken couch and wall behind you, Jet still a T-Rex from the fight, 
And so the scene is set. The question is, what will you do next? Blue, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off! Dropping concentration on Polymorph. Why? Why would you destroy the room, Jet? From the floor, I'll just say out loud, but also thinking it through the sending stone. Hey, Matthias, we're home. Not, oh, sorry, not home. We're just back in the dorm. Uh, Jet was a T-Rex, so it's his fault that the room's broken. Tell him I'm sorry, tell him I'm sorry, tell him I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. He says that he did it on purpose, and that's why he didn't say <laughs> hi earlier. I'm so sorry! I'll be right there. You can hear the disappointment in his voice. Uh, so that was fun. Now we can say we've been to hell. <sighs> was it like real hell or their hell or a new hell? Are there different hells? Do we share a hell? I didn't see any humans there. We didn't see a lot of the place. Maybe that's what the different like circles are for. Is everybody good? Everyone in one piece? We just kind of got thrust back here. Kind of? Not really? I've really hurt. I'm going to sit down. And I'm just going to sit in a corner and just kind of like put my head in my hands. Yeah, I'm just going to cast heal on you real quick at 7th level and give you 80 hit points. Oh my. What time of day is it? Sundown. Nice little bit of orange to the sky as you look out the window. I guess it's good that Matthias needed that extra day to like figure out how we're getting to the Ebon Reach. That's a whole day right there. I'm ready for bed. Yeah. Just at that moment, the door to the dorms opens up. Man, it has been a crazy day. I have to deal with this broken dorm again. I'm sorry. And then something caused a house on the public gardens to just disappear out of nowhere. Luckily, the woman who owned it wasn't home at the time. A whole house? Wait. I won't say that that wasn't us, but it wasn't our fault. I look over at Blueberry's shoes. <gasps> you got Oz did. Where did you get those? Those look like Miss Candor's shoes. What? Oh, shit. The house came from here? We had one that just disappeared out of nowhere. No one really knows what happened to it. I haven't been able to track it yet. It's in hell, maybe. Oh, it randomly uh, teleported to hell and dropped on somebody. No, you saved them. You got them. It was going to drop on somebody, but I, I saved them and then they poofed. So where did, are they back? I don't know. May I have her shoes back, please? What? Uh, but, but. Wait, wait, wait. I got a pair of shoes that I can give her and I'll open <laughs> oh up the bag God. and I'll pull out my old <laughs> Yeezys and hand them over. Oh my God. I hope these are her size. I'll take these later, and he puts them by the door to the dorms. What happened? You killed Char, you got back here, and you got dragged to hell. How was that? <laughs> Great. Warm. All things considered, all right. Are you familiar at all with the Archfey? All I know is what you told me about Blightmore and Namora. Great. So uh, their dad was fighting him, and they were in like an endless abyss. Sire, the Archfey, killed their dad and uh, escaped to hell and then pulled us there because he wanted us to sow seeds of chaos throughout Fendrea. Uh, and we said no. And then we killed him. And now we're back. You know what? That's the most precise and quick you've ever informed me of anything. And I appreciate that. 
It does sound way too complicated for me to ask any more questions, but knowing there's no seeds of chaos coming to Fendrea sounds great. With all of that just set to the side, what? It, how are you? How? What's uh? What's the plan? Things are actually going okay here. I was more worried about you all. I do have some things to show you. So looking into the Ebon Reach, I did find a very old map in our archives. Pulls out the map, goes to put it on the coffee table, and the coffee table's partially on the ground, shattered. And he goes and removes a painting from the wall and just like shoves it onto the nail so it holds it up onto the wall. You see a very crude drawing of a village. This is a village known as Last Point. It sits atop a hill overlooking this complete flat area of the Ebon Reach. I believe Volazar likely used this flat wasteland to find a home in some sort of seclusion here. I have found a way to get you just outside of Last Point. It wasn't pretty, but it's done. What wasn't pretty? Yeah, what does that mean? Like a garbage airship? No. Desideria has been to the Ebon Reach. I, I was able to use her remains to locate the plane and Last Point itself. Oh. Resourceful. Oh, okay. Word. Sounds good. I know you're very exhausted from your day in hell. You will be able to rest the night. I might even be able to get you into another dorm. But this one's ours. Can't you just fix this one real quick? Right now? Uh, I mean, are the beds like, okay? The beds are fine, but we're good. The couches and it's all right. But be warned. The people of the Ebon Reach, the people of Last Point, they have had to deal with Volazar the past several centuries. If I expect anything, they will likely be worshiping him like a god or at the very least on his side. So when you get to last point, just get in, just to determine where Volazar is and quickly get out without causing too much fuss. They will likely have ways of contacting him or they might just turn on you that instant. Do you want us just in and out of the town or in and out of the Ebon Reach? In and out of last point, then you will go find Volazar. And it sounds like to me, once Volazar is dead, once you have Maynard, You'll be leaving. That's hopefully the plan. Yeah. We also have, you know, a couple other friends here. We need to make sure they got a ticket home. Then maybe tomorrow won't be goodbye. Maybe I will see you after you return. We gotta say goodbye. I think we'll be sure to stop by before we leave permanently. Do you want to go over things now or do you want to wait until tomorrow? The hows and the twos and the whys of getting there... I will send you there in the morning. I can send you about here. He points onto the map. It's an area on a pathway just outside of Last Point that looks like to go up into Last Point. You'll be able to get in, get out, and from there, whatever information you can gather about where Volazar is, that is up to you. Do we need to, like, talk to these people who are on their side and pretend that we're on his side? Potentially. <sighs> Jet, you can't say a word. I'll be sure to stand far back. You know, we could just pretend to be magistrate officers, right? I mean, I don't know how much the people of the Ebon Reach know, but that feels like an easy lie to, to accomplish. You know, if you're looking at easy lies and you see he's stroking his chin and looking at the map, this is a really old map. You could just say you're going to draw a map of the area and you're looking for information. Oh my God, the cartographers. Ah, you are so freaking right, Matthias, and I go for a dap. 
was what's that got to do with Volzar? Is Volzar going on the map? Hey, I, I I thought of this. If you ask, are there any points of things we should look out for or things we should avoid, that will almost certainly give us a rough location of where he is. Because if they're like, oh yes, you should look for for uh, Volazar's house. You know, he, that's he's our god. It's like our our place of worship. You should go there. Or it's like, there's this place. You should never, ever, ever go there because it's a holy land. Okay. That's where we go. My concern is Volazar just sees like everything. And now we're going to his like home plane of existence, you know? Wouldn't he be strongest there? But I'm sure he's planning on us coming to find him eventually, isn't he? He is gonna have to have something in set in stone for when we get there. He's gonna have, I don't know, traps, others to fight. It can't be just him. Oh, of course not. We still don't know what happened to Digu. The remains of the legendary hero. <sighs> likely is with Volazar. And of course he has Maynard. Not to bring that sore point up. Maybe without Char's power, he can't see in the dark. Oh, it's dark? The Ebon Reach sounds like a dark place. Uh, maybe. Oh, I thought it was Evan. Who's Evan? And why is he reaching? Oh, man, it's all kind of starting to, to hit me now. This is, uh, this is happening. It's our last step. Tomorrow's the day. He's just going to be like a little, a little pansy without Char, right? He's just going to be like a guy. No casualties. Guaranteed. I hope. This is gonna suck. We went from having no options to having one options. Us. The options. Wouldn't it be four? No, we're, we're one thing, Blueberry. We're one group. We're four options. All of us is one option. Why are we called the options, plural, if we're only one option? Isn't each of us an option and together we are the options? Oh, see, now I'm on their side. It is four options. A singular option making a whole. Anyway, it is getting dark. I'm going to give you all a moment. If you need me tonight, let me know. He pulls out the sending stone, gestures it back towards you. You may need this. Someone other than me and Blue take it. Are, are you sure you don't want to keep it? We can let you know when we're coming home. May I see all of them for a night? Okay. Sure. Hand it over. He grabs all three of them. We might be able to work with this. Okay. About to get the ice stone 15. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs the stones, put them in a pocket, goes to the door, <sighs> sighs as he has to pick up the Yeezys. I'll meet you in the morning. Get the best sleep you've ever gotten. Thanks, Matthias. You have any, like, NyQuil? ZQuil is a lot better. It doesn't have any of the medicine part in it. Oh, yeah, ZQuil. I, you'll figure it out. And closes the door. Damn. You guys ready? Oh, no. I don't think we've been ready for anything, but look at where we're at. We're almost home. We got it. It's the last step. Doesn't really feel like it. What are you guys looking forward to getting home to? My parents and my pets. My friends. First band practice. That'll be nice. Jet just puts his hand on top of Pebble's head. Right here. Your answer was pretty obvious, <laughs> I think. What about you? Maybe just going back out to the desert, seeing the stars again our stars you should 
try to find like some constellations tonight since there's a fucking hole in our roof <laughs> you can even make your own fuck it who's gonna tell Oh, like, not like generate new stars, just like dis <laughs> no. decide what the... <laughs> I'm like, I don't have that spell. I don't, I don't have that spell. Uh, you know what? You're right. I'll, uh... I'm gonna go outside for it, though. There's a lot of light in here. Uh, if anyone wants to join me, you're welcome to, but... I also get it if you want to get some rest. Uh, if you need time alone, we can absolutely give that to you. Sure. I don't need to be alone. I just, it's a better view out there. If you need me, I'll be in the quad. Uh, and I'll head outside. Basically, right outside of where the dorm window is, but out into that quad area that you'd mentioned. And you walk out onto the grass and you start staring up. It's a bit darker now. You see all the stars. You start staring and you see these beautiful three Fendrayan moons. And you remember your first night on Fendrea as you just stood there basking in the moonlight wondering what this journey would entail I'm uh, gonna take a picture of the Fendrean sky with the moons visible and try and capture any of the stars too it's not gonna be great on a handheld camera but you know just anything that I can have as a solid picture to look at for making constellations take a picture and you look at it, and it is one of the first times since you've been to Fendrea where it's just a beautiful picture. There's no words hidden. It's just a beautiful picture showing this amazing sky. You're able to capture a decent amount of the stars as well. Now it definitely feels real. And I'll probably just hang out there for a while longer, return once everyone's asleep, or I would think would be asleep finding a bed probably taking one of the rooms with the hole in the ceiling so he can also look up at the stars I'm just lying back daisy in hand plucking a really soft tune trying to calm his mind calm his body take in that we're finally going home yeah I'll be hanging out in that corner just uh curled up with pebbles just kind of cleaning out a little bit of the gunk and dirt from the armor and uh, just taking time waiting for everybody to get settled in and make sure everybody's good I'm going to wild shape into whatever kind of ferret Frederick is and I'm gonna try to communicate with him what <laughs> the holy heck? shit okay oh I'm in it <laughs> I don't know if I can speak words, but... <laughs> you don't have a way of speaking with animals? No. I'm going to have you roll me animal handling uh, with advantage. 25? You aren't able to speak words, but in this newfound form you and him have connected so much throughout your time here that all these little mannerisms you're able to understand the feelings that he's pushing out he can understand the feelings that you're pushing out what these little gestures mean you hear these little squeaks what are you trying to convey to frederick 
I'm trying to convey that we're resting for another big battle. Like we've got more coming. We're getting good rest for tomorrow. And I don't know how to convey this with feelings, but that after that, we have to leave and go somewhere else. And I'm gonna try to take him with me, but I don't know if I can. He senses your outward love, but almost this nervousness through this little bit of movement, this little bit of shakiness, seeing that there is a little bit of scared as well. Frederick moves over to you and curls around you, almost like a hug, but more of an intertwine. Xander, you come back to the room. You're able to find yourself in a bed. And as you sleep, during your long rest, you will all gain a level. And you are all now level 18. Let's go. Everybody gets 14 temp HP. In the morning, you hear knock on the door and Matthias opens up. Big day. I have these for you. Hands back the three sending stones. And I have these for you, and I hand him a donut. Roll me a d6. Come on, everyone gets a donut. Please. Last one. Let's go. Come on, come on. Yes, five. Let's go. I have these as well. And he pulls out two more stones from his pocket. But these ones look to be made from shards of Helios. What? I was able to connect these all together, just like the other ones were. Gives you all another one, so you have four, and he holds on to the last one. We'll be able to communicate, and you'll all be able to communicate whenever you need. What flavor donut did you give Matthias? <laughs> uh, it is a peanut butter banana bacon, the Elvis. Oh. Uh. Decadent and <laughs> weird. Are you ready to go? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I want to do this here, so it's less noticeable, if that's all right with you. Walks over to the bathroom, looks at the doorway, opens the door, makes sure it's nice and wide. This'll do. The door's gonna be the portal? Make the portal here. You walk right through. You'll be just outside of last point. Let's do it. You see his hands bring some shadowy, dark magic and he propels it and it starts from the bottom of this doorway and slowly makes its way up until this entire area is filled with shadow and it swirls in an ovular motion. To the Ebon Reach. We'll see you soon. Step through. Going through. And as you step through Matthias's portal, you find yourself in a dark and dingy area. A land of shadow, but more earthen or Fendrayan compared to Shar's Amethyst Dominion. The ground is dirt beneath your feet. Even though it is daytime now, it is dark. You can't see anything in the sky above you. There's a general brown haze that lingers above you in the sky. Blueberry, you feel a familiarity with this place. You haven't seen this exact area, but when Shar's book was opened, when you saw Volazar being able to change his surroundings, you remember him 
doing it in a place that looked much like this. As you appear, you see a small pathway from where you're standing increases in elevation a bit, and based on Matthias's map, you would assume this is the path that leads to last point. Xander, I guess you were right. It is kind of dark here. I told you, they don't name things that they don't mean. Sure they do. Ever heard of the Incredibly Deadly Viper? No. No, actually. It's one of the most friendly and harmless creatures in the animal kingdom. I would have guessed it was incredibly deadly. No, it's a misnomer. What's that? Something that's named misleadingly. Oh, I thought it was like a little gnome man's wife. <laughs> okay, I'm the only one who's seen uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. It's fine. What's that? A movie? I think I read the book. And a TV show? And a book series? I mean, you might be right. I, I couldn't tell you. Xander doesn't consume any of those things. Were you ever going to see our movie? Good question. Um, no, probably not. How do you work on movies and not watch them? How would you know you did a good job? I guess you keep getting hired, so. Dog, I'm just fucking good, dude. I don't know what to tell you. That's why I'm in this field is because I'm just good at it. Do you like it? I love it. It's my favorite thing. But you've never watched anybody else's work? I haven't watched my work. That sounds like some prodigy bullshit, but like in a good way. My parents sold houses. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a prodigy. Oh, I'm thinking pedigree. Sorry. <laughs> you guys have this relatively calm conversation as you're walking along this path. Just over a ridge that you cross, you see ahead of you is the village of Last Point what's left of it. There is little left of the buildings here. A large outer wall of the village has been almost entirely destroyed. It is very quiet as you approach. There is this haunting sense of sorrow in the air. The silence is broken every once in a while, only by a gust of wind. This is very inviting. I don't know if the cartographer route is going to work if everything's blown up. I mean, you still gotta make maps of blown up places. Do people get rid of things on maps? Yeah. Yeah? You know, like, borders and maps change. Most maps are wrong. Google Maps is updated all the time. Maybe we're taking things off of our maps. I mean, we don't have to be specific about what's going on and off maps. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, we're just we're mapping the, the map. Ebenreach. Yeah. Do you guys think it would help if I just kind of got a better view up high as I crawl up onto the back of pebbles? Maybe. Just try not to bring attention to yourself. I think it's, I think we're good. Bye. And he just flies up into the sky. You fly up into the sky with pebbles and you quickly see that you're not able to get as high as you'd like because of this haze that's above you. As you get higher, all of a sudden you can't see the ground anymore. So you're flying about 60, 70 feet in the air. It's still a bit hazy as you look down. As you're flying, looking down upon the village, you see that pretty much every building that used to be here has been utterly destroyed. It's hard to tell what anything is, what it used to be. It's decrepit. There's no sign of life anywhere. You do see remnants of what was fire, blackened bits of wood and stone and metal 
large portions of rock that look to be smoothed by erosion from the wind. As you're flying up, you can see that a large part of the hillside towards the back of the village has completely sunk in on itself and caused buildings to collapse down into it. It looks like the rock turned to mud and then hardened once again as all these buildings fell in. And then you notice in the center of the village, there is this massive crater. It looks like the earth sunk in on itself, buildings collapsed down, and in that crater, skeletons. A mass grave. Hundreds of bodies, now just bone, lying atop the remnants of the buildings. What you do recognize, Jet, is you remember Matthias's map on the wall, where he showed last point where the village, where the pathway was, and then where this wasteland of flat earth was. And as you look that direction, there are like trees and stuff, and there's a mountain and valleys. And you can't see a lot of detail, but that is not just flat land anymore. So what used to be flat is now mountainous. I'm going to come back, still staying on top of pebbles. Guys, this, this, it looks like almost there was a war zone here. There's a massive, huge crater in the middle with, I, I don't know if you want to look at it or not, but there's a lot of lost souls there. Souls? Like, like, floating around? Like skeletons. It's, it's a grave. Oh, just dead skeletons. Yeah. Okay. Like a lot. Bummer, but like, at least they're not <laughs> roaming around. That we know of right now, yeah. Who knows if we got closer. I, I did see off in the distance, though, there are some trees and mountains off the map. It didn't seem like that was there before. Even more reason to redo the map. Blueberry, as Jet says that, you remember... In your vision, Volazar standing out in a large flat wasteland. He saw this village in the distance with buildings, lightings in their windows. This must have been that village. As you look out to where Volazar was in your vision, this is where you can see where he began terraforming. Char showed you how he was able to change the earth, how he wanted it to be. And this was that flat wasteland. And this is where he was changing the earth. You remember the mountains, the valleys. You can see it in the distance. This is the place that he created. So Shar showed me Bolazar literally getting the power to form everything. Create the mountains, create whatever he wanted his world to be. So I guess he just digs mountains. Not digs them like with a shovel, but like he's into them. If he created it, did he have to pay? Use more power than he's used to in some way? Like, did he do this to these people to be able to terraform? Like, did he create a big old crater and kill a bunch of people here for no reason? Or what was his reason? The, or maybe, I guess it was the people who didn't join his side, maybe? He could have just dropped a meteor on these people. Uh, it sounds like uh, these powerhouses are able to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but why? They're going against him. He didn't sound like a good dude. Yeah, like you said, it could be they were against him. So does everyone here actually worship him and are on their side, or it's just out of fear? Did you see anyone up there, Jet? Any signs of life or anything aside from what used to be life? Oh yeah, because in my vision he was like there was a town. 
this looks like that town. It's destroyed. Oh, the whole thing. The whole town is burned and ash and destruction. It looks like it was a war zone or, or like probably an explosion. So we're not going to be cartographers anymore? There's no one to lie to. Who are we going to cartograph? <laughs> I'd still like to approach the town just to see if there's any like, maybe there's an orphan that we can ask. There's got to be a clue or something. I was thinking like evidence, but okay. As everybody starts walking forward too, I am going to fly over, like do another lap around the town, but a lot lower this time and just slower glide through and, and take a good look at things. I want to do so stealthily. Go ahead and roll me stealth for those of you being stealthy. Not a bad first roll. Oh, I did good. I rolled a 14 and a 16. Dirty 20. Dude, I'm rolling decent today. You know it's good when you get excited about decent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with Jets rolls, am I right? God, you're so right. Fuck you. <laughs> For the sake of any attention directed at me and away from the people that are stealthing, I'm not going to stealth. I feel like if Xander's just walking in, the last thing on my mind would be, oh shit, I got to be quiet. I, I think I would just follow suit. So I, I'm not, I don't think I would roll. Okay, well, I'm definitely like separating from them. <laughs> but... Yeah, that's what I figured. Like yeah. you're walking down the alley while I'm walking down the street. What exactly are you looking for, Xander? I'm actively looking for... An orphan. No, uh, just any sign of life. Uh, <laughs> uh, just a, a person of any sort, like listening for sounds. As you walk, you hear the wind. You're on a hill, so like the wind is a little bit more aggressive up here than it was as you were walking up. As you walk through, smells are just of burn. This place is still and silent. You eventually make your way to where you see that large crater ahead. Are you actively going to look in it, or are you trying to stay away from that? I will approach the edge of the crater while keeping an eye out for any magistrate eyes or anything similar to that, just in case I am actively looking around while approaching the crater. You do not see any magistrate iconography. You do make your way all the way to the edge of the crater and look down. Same as Jet saw. Put a bit closer, you can see hundreds of bodies. Just looking at them, they have been here hundreds of years. This is not recent. Um, if there are any orphans out, now is the time to come out. I'm calling out at Sebastian, but it's implied for everyone. I don't think we're going to find any help here. This is pretty old. It seems like everyone who was here is long dead. Perhaps a lot of parents. Meaning there were probably lots of orphans, and if you're out there, we would love to talk to you. Oh, that sounds weird. <laughs> As concerned individuals, and nothing more, cartographers. Jet, you're flying around as you hear them loudly talking into the ether. As you're flying around, you don't see anyone or anything. You do notice there does seem to be a pathway leading past last point and towards the forest and that terraformed area with the mountains in the distance. I'm going to sweep back around to where the rest of the group is. Without yelling or anything, try to get their attention and like 
point in that direction of where the path is. I will think into the sending stone. We can speak. Did you know? Oh my god. Oh my god, we could do it again. Take me off speaker if if I am. Um there's a path down here. It kinda goes in a good direction, it seems like, maybe. I don't know if we want to check it out. I mean we got nothing else to go on right now, so I'm down. I don't really want to go into this crater, so anywhere out of here, I guess, is our best bet. We didn't find anything, life, evidence, nothing. Blue, you see anything? Yeah, no, I can't find anything. On to the path, I guess. Last chance for orphans? Hi. Is that an orphan? Oh, that's just Blueberry. Damn it! I was hoping for info. Alright, let's meet over at the at the path. Why couldn't you be an orphan, Blue? What? Not in general, just right now. Welcome to the Review of Death, a Doctor Who podcast, your fortnightly home for all the latest news and reviews of the longest running science fiction series in the world. Each episode will update you with what's happening in the world of Doctor Who. Is that not the most beautiful Doctor Who logo you have ever seen? Then we'll review an episode from Doctor Who's 60 year history, which we promise will be filled with lots of very serious discussions. This is the definition for Chumbly. Receiving a or taking a now, I was going to say, do Louis through like weird weekends with different doctors. This lady over here just got you to sign her knickers from 1986. Yeah. Does that happen often? Yeah. <laughs> not mm. as often as I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not all, we'll have guest presenters, interviews, tier lists, and more. So join us, Matt and Billy, for the review of Death from Pickaxe, a chat about the greatest show in the galaxy. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. You reach the end of that path that leads through last point, and you can see where this broken down wall is. This path leads down the other side of this hill. As you walk, you notice a few changes from the scenery before and this new location. The rest of you are walking through the trees, this area that Volazar has terraformed. It feels man-made. Yes, it is dirt and ground, and there are trees, and there is elevation changes, but it's obviously created by a person and not by nature. The mountain you see off to your left, it's there for purely aesthetics, just to look at in the distance. There aren't natural stone formations, no natural dips or curves. There's no foliage on the mountain at all. Animals wouldn't be able to nest or live here. And the rest of you are following through the trees. And the path through the trees is straight as can be. No curves, no movement left or right, barely any movement up or down. It's like following a straight road from back on Earth. These trees are all perfectly placed the exact same distance from each other, just flanking the path. And Jet, you see the same thing from above. Yes, the trees sprout out and they have their leaves, but it almost looks like an orchard from above. Is there any signs of wildlife anywhere? Not a hint of it. As you continue forward, you have to walk a few thousand feet or so, and it's hard to tell exactly how far you've gone because the terrain just doesn't change around you. And eventually, Jet, you're the first one to see this. The pathway opens up, and there's a bit of a field, and then there is a city. The pathway for you all as you exit the tree line opens up to these wrought iron gates beautifully crafted. There's gates and this fence stand before you. Behind it, you see a massive city of stone and wood. The gates open directly into a central circular area with a fountain that doesn't have any water in it. 
You can see from here the roads, especially Jet, you can see as you fly above a bit. The roads on either side of the central courtyard, extremely geometric and symmetrical. The general city layout leads from this open circular courtyard with some kind of random offshoots. All of these buildings off to the sides, and then they go upward at a slight angle to what look like larger buildings. And it is again eerily quiet. From my angle, do I see any light sources, uh, like flames, or uh, any movement? No. Does it look as if there's still destruction? This place is immaculate. This place is beautifully crafted. The streets are meticulously crafted. The architecture is beautiful. Each of these larger buildings cast these long shadows onto these cobblestone streets that the rest of you walk along. You can see around you, this central square, there are these neighborhoods. Again, these symmetrical grid-like roads. Each one is a different residence, but the windows, the doors, the balconies, they're all identical and all devoid of life. Each one feels hollow and lifeless. This feels like an empty Hollywood lot. Oh my God, you're right. My man is just playing city skylines. Like he's just building a city. Yeah, Sim City. He doesn't understand like aesthetics. He's just like symmetry. And does he know how to add people? Goddamn. Hello, orphans. Xander, your voice as you enter this central square bounces off all of these buildings and it echoes. Or anyone else. You don't have to be an orphan. Chet, as you are flying about, you see again the central square to the left and to the right are these like residential roads and then straight forward is this incline of a larger road that has these much larger buildings that probably have businesses or something. In the distance, this continues upward. I guess I'll just go straight up towards the sky as uh, a little bit further so I could just get a better lay of the land to see like how big is this city and is there more of a central point or anything to it? It looks pretty large. The residences again are off these wings on the side. The central landing point is a little bit smaller, but it looks like the majority of the city or the largest portion of the city would be up this main road. Guys, I think if we keep following this road, it'll bring us to a big portion of the city. It goes, man. There's a lot here. I, I don't know what you guys are seeing down there, but it's like a dead city. I guess we just keep moving forward. Does the architecture of the city look like stuff we would have seen in Fendrea or more like stuff we'd see on Earth? More Fendrea. The architecture itself, it's very showy and flashy. But as you're walking, you see that it's the same spire on every house. It's almost Victorian in nature, but it wouldn't be like a Victorian style that someone would have taken from Earth. It looks Fentrayan in nature. Uh, nowhere else to go but forward. You head upward through the rest of the city and you start to see some of the changes of the buildings. Same architectural style from like the residences down below, made from the same materials. These ones, however, don't look like residences. They have small differences in between them, amount of windows looking in the size of the doorways, but everything looks very nicely crafted. There's no signs or anything depicting what any of these are. As you continue, and Jet, you are again the first to see this, it's a pretty long walk just going up this large road. And at the top of this street, you can see it flattens out into a large courtyard, a few hundred feet in diameter. 
And Jet, you're the first one to see these beautifully placed flowers in these planters surrounding these walkways. And these walkways lead through the courtyard in this very symmetrical pattern. The pathways lead to different portions of the courtyard where there are places to sit. They lead to art exhibits. They lead to fountains, statues, and they lead to this large building across the courtyard. Everything here looks so manicured and everything has this perfect place. The building itself is made of white marble mixed with this darkened black stone. High contrast of these white marble accents. The building has a columned entryway that leads out into the courtyard, and the building itself is this geometric dome, shaped like a half spear, but the walls and ceiling of the building are formed by large flat triangles interlocked together rather than a perfectly smooth sphere. The area here is genuinely just gorgeous, but again, feels shaped, man-made, almost too perfect. Ahead, across this long courtyard, you see a large double doors underneath this overhang of the entryway. I'm going to fly down and just land near that entryway and just wait for everybody. Guys, okay, so make your way across the courtyard, and you are in front of the large doors. Well, this is something. That's beautiful. Sheesh. Kind of boring, but... What do you think the chances are that he's just on the other side of this? I can't think of anybody else that would make something like this in this place. No people around. Everywhere has looked dark, so if we're going inside, I'm going to light things up a little so that we can see if we need to. I'll cast Crown of Stars because it produces 30 feet of light and an additional 30 feet of dim light outside of that. See, I told you you could make constellations. Yeah, but not like up there. Ooh, I gotta show you later which one I made for you. You made us constellations? Well, yeah. Anyway, so now I've got that kind of like space around me and the seven stars are glowing brighter than the rest. Let's go, I guess, if everyone's ready. I'm gonna, hold on, everybody. Clap your hands. Oh, I went, yeah. We had two different reactions to everybody. <laughs> Would you rather you can go faster or Pebbles can go faster? Are you gonna definitely be on Pebbles? I think I can already do that as I like hold up my boot. I can make you even faster. I'm gonna cast Long Strider on you and on Pebbles. Oh, there you go. I will cast it twice at first level. I could cast it once at second level, but I don't wanna. That'll last for one hour. I'm also... This might be redundant, but I'm going to cast Daylight on my staff. I'm afraid to prepare anything and, and waste my energy if he's not even behind these doors, you know? I'm so, I don't, I don't want to blow anything. Yeah, don't do anything big. Although, Although, we could do some foresight. That is true. Maybe they could see into the future and see if he is behind this door. <laughs> <laughs> How long would you be able to foresee? Eight hours. But that's a lot. That, that, like, that's draining. Yeah. But it's huge. Yeah, it is. Most anything else I can do that takes that much, much energy is also, like, I'd have to concentrate on it. So, like, how long is it really going to last? Very true. So I'm going to craft some more goggles. Except the daylight from my staff is going to kind of absorb into the lenses instead of, like, the acid from the Feywild. And I'm going to put the goggles on Jet. 
cast foresight. Let's go. You push through large doors. These are massive doors. It takes a little bit of effort to push them. And entering the doorway, you see a kind of long entryway. It's dark, there's no windows, it's just the light coming from behind you, the crown of stars, the staff. It's a rectangular room with another set of doors 60 feet in front of you, and just in front of these doors is Kingsley. He stands tall, a little bit disheveled, and you can see from here his eyes are clouded over. And the moment you enter, (gasps) and you can see he staggers a moment. Guys? Holy shit. Hey, buddy. Buddy. He just starts moving towards you with open arms, and you see his eyes look completely normal. I'm going to run towards him, try to grab him. One thing I do want to say, with level 18, I have a form of true sight. I can see the true form of any shape changer or creature concealed by illusion or transmutation magic while the creature is within 30 feet of me and within line of sight. Just throwing that out there just in case this happens to be like a changeling. I don't know. As Kingsley moves within that, just for a moment, you see almost like he's a step further back than he actually is. But this is definitely Kingsley. What happens when I run towards him? Open arms and he embraces you. Jet, it almost feels like it took you a bit more time to feel his presence. Almost like you went for the hug and it took him a second before he was hugging back. He said it's time for us to go home. We can go home. All all of us. Yeah, right now. Why did he have you? He needed me to get all of Char's power and be able to go back to Fentrea. What did he have you do, though? Nothing. He just needed me. Why is he now letting you go? Because he can go back to Fentrea now. We don't want that. I mean, he's got his plan for Fentrea. The future, he showed me what it's going to look like, and it, it looks pretty nice on the new Fendrea. He's not going to do anything nice there. Have you seen this place that he's had control over? Do you know what he does? Do you know what he did? Have you seen the other side? He said something about Last Point and that he started his changes on Last Point and it's going to turn into this city here. We just came from Last Point. I don't think you want to know what happened there, but it's nothing like this. It's gone. And all the people in it They're gone too. And if he gets to Fendrea, it's going to be the same thing on a much larger scale. So we go back in. We take care of him. He's just behind these doors. With who? Him and the orcish man. The man made from ash, Digu. There it is. Are you okay, Kingsley? I I think I'm actually pretty good right now. But if you say something bad happened, we can't let that happen to all of Fendrea. I'm with you. Yeah, but buddy, when we walked in here, you weren't you for a minute. What were you doing? He took over my mind a while. And he does that often? He's done it before. It's how he gained control over me. He needed control over me to go back to Fendrea. I've been standing there like a statue for days. Are you hungry? I have a good berry. Oh, okay grabs it, scarfs it down. Kingsley, has he... Have you only been under his control since you got here, or has it been, like, back and forth? When I first got here, he gave me food after Alana dropped me off, kept me in a cell for a while. Were you able to resist the control at all? 
Is there any chance that it could happen again if you walk in there? I resisted for a while, and he eventually broke me down. Don't feel like you have to go in there if you think that it's going to be dangerous for you. Or for us, if you're in there. I, I don't know. That's your call. I'm happy to help if I can. I'm a lot stronger than you know. I, I know you haven't seen me in a while, but I'm doing pretty good. Oh, I don't doubt that. I, that's just kind of why I'm worried. If he can get his hands on you and he you fall onto his side against your will. I promise I will not hurt you. Any of you. I'll go for a dap with him. It's good to see you, boss. In we go. Sebastian, now might be the time to start prepping. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing that's going to run out before, like, he does some annoying monologue, you know? What do you mean a monologue? <laughs> Jet, lead the way. You're the one that can see the future. Please tell me we win. We will. We've got it. I jump on top of the back of Pebbles. And you move to the large doors at the end of the hallway and start to push. Massive doors, 30 foot tall heavy. And as you push, you start to see the inside of the large dome, this massive open room. Around the outside of the dome, there are six different doorways, arches made of this polished black stone. And in the center of the room is Volazar. You see his bald head, slim, dark clothes that stay close to his body. It's quiet, as he looks over his shoulder back at you, his sharp features appear, cutting through the relative darkness of this room. As he turns to face you, you can see the front of his clothing, simple clothes held together by metallic clasps, and his right arm missing. You missed your one ticket out of here. I didn't expect you to take it. You've been nothing but pests since I first started watching you. And he looks upwards. And you can see a magistrate banner on the wall where the eye glows with that green iris. And then the glow disappears. Ever since you broke him out of prison. And he points to Kingsley with his one good hand. You can see Kingsley's eyes once again are clouded over. And even with all the digging you have done, all the information you have gathered, you still can't see what I see. You don't see the end goal. He looks off to one side of the room and gestures with his hand. As you can see, an orcish man made of ash appears out of thin air. A perfect world where all are to be equal. No more begging for food while gluttons eat their fill. No more stealing from others to get yourself ahead. No more killing for gods who don't care. No one being better than another swings his body, and from that armless limb comes a purple blade made of pure magic. A perfect world cannot be created atop a flawed one. You don't add more paint to a failed art piece. You get a new canvas and throw the old one to the flames. That's not true. The room starts to get warm. Volazar ignites a flame in his left hand. What say you? That's not true. You can paint right over paint. What do you mean? You just wait for it to dry. Everything must start anew. You're just fucking... You know what I say? Fuck your world. And I pull my sword out, 
As I do, you could see it shines a bright blue, and I'm casting Sacred Weapon on it. Tap my boots on the side of pebbles and activate them, and start moving towards him. From behind you, you can hear the whirring of magic. And as you look, Kinkly looks to be casting a spell. There's this dark purple hue, the same purple of Shar, emanating from his eyes and hands. You see that same purple hue spread across the entirety of this dome. This impenetrable magic field. It covers every inch of the ceiling. It covers the different doorways of the room. It covers the entryway you entered in from. Leaving you all trapped inside with no way to leave. Just you all. Kingsley. Digu. And Volazar. Let's end this. And for today, that's a wrap. <laughs> I can't counterspell that, right? <laughs> it's time. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Come back in two weeks as we embark upon the final two episodes of season one of Cast Party. Next week, we have behind the scenes over on patreon.com slash cast party. We're going to talk about this whole episode. Season one is coming to a close quickly, and we just can't say thank you all enough for all the love and support. We will see you in two weeks as we begin the start of the end. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. I knew I sh we should have put him in timeout. Freaking Kingsley. Well, they are finally gone. If they fail, I need a backup plan. A new guy just graduated, but he only knows how to teleport various fruits long distances. Anne can juggle 18 items at once and only needs three mage hands to do it. Dragons is really good at turning their feet into other animals' feet. Dubword can travel far distances without worrying about weather or terrain affecting him, but only if he eats a gummy bear every hour on the hour. Are any of these even useful? St. E. Love accidentally shot a bird out of the sky with a bolt of fire. Eric Five was nice enough to cook it up so the meat didn't go to waste. An unruly fire mage and a chef sound like an okay duo. No, we're doomed. Forerunner can give anyone they see wings at any given time, whether they like it or not. They aren't allowed at funerals anymore. Isui can grow trees at 50 times the normal rate of tree growth. That's still surprisingly slow, and we haven't actually tested it. But I believe him. Jeski Fire is great at acrobatics, but really only uses that prowess to steal from the rich. I don't fault her for it, but I don't think that's going to help save the world right now. Jesse is a copy machine. He can read one book and then make ten copies of it all at once. Maybe he can write up battle plans? Jin did say they had an army ready to go to war at the drop of the hat. Too bad the army they were talking about is a dozen or so elderly folk who like billiards at their tavern. Even if they did want to fight, we'd need weapons for them. Lady Lorax and her blacksmith shop is the first thing I would think of, but she has gotten really into making sheet metal flowers for decoration. I think she threw away all of her sword molds. Lexi would also have weapons, but mostly those would be bows made out of various woods. And then I would have to sit there for like an hour of her talking about how each of the woods bends differently and how much they would cost her to ship in and the way they smell and that's just too much for me right now. Maybe Opti can convince the new applicants to the university that this is a test for them to get in. 
We can tell them it's a training exercise. I can see it now. Bean leads the charge of all the applicants into the Ebon Reach and then... Oh no, I can see it now. Base Drop would have a lot of funerals to organize if we did that. This is terrible. Maybe I won't need a backup plan. Maybe I can just go get a pint at Ebab Flow's new tavern. They told me they have some newfangled thing called... Kale? Never heard of it. I'll invite Slimy over for a pint, and we can wait for this all to blow over. But first I have to fix these dorms. Reckless options. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.